0: Welcome to Angus Beef Bulletin Audio, a hands-free ABB extension. Thanks for joining us. I'm Casey Brown, Associate Editor of the Angus Beef Bulletin. These are the three new management articles in the September 7th edition of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. You can click on different chapters if you want to hear the second or the third article. You can find these articles at angusbeefbulletin.com slash extra. And always, if you have questions or comments, please let us know at abbeditorial@angus.org. at What are tax implications for a 1031 exchange? It's possible to avoid paying capital gains taxes when trading property by Heather Smith Thomas. Agriculture tax rules are complex and constantly changing. One rule that's often not fully understood is the 1031 exchange. Under Section 1031 of the United States Internal Revenue Code, a taxpayer may defer recognition of capital gains and related federal income tax liability on the exchange of certain types of property. In real estate, a 1031 exchange allows you to avoid paying capital gains taxes when you exchange one business or investment property for another business or investment property of equal or greater value. Christine Tidgren, director of the Center for Agricultural Law and Taxation at Iowa State University, says in the past, this 1031 exchange applied to personal property, such as trading machinery or livestock and land but the law was changed in 2018. Now, it only applies to real property, including your land, buildings, fences, and other land improvements. In the agriculture world, a 1031 is often to trade land, maybe for a piece of land closer to home or to consolidate your operation. Maybe you own 100 acres far from your home operation, and 100 acres closer to home becomes available. The 1031 exchange may allow you to trade without any tax consequences, Tidgren explains. If I use a third-party intermediary and follow all the rules, it doesn't have to be a direct swap. I can sell the property I want to exchange to one person and buy my new property from a different person. The first thing to understand is the tax consequence when selling real property. If I own property, I will have a basis in that property, which will be equal to roughly what I paid for it. If I purchased it 20 years ago, my basis is whatever my purchase price was, plus any non-depreciable improvements I've made, she says. If If I inherited the property, the basis will be equal to what the fair market value was on the date of death of the person who gave it to me through their will or trust. This is called a step-up in basis, Tidgren says. If I inherit property and immediately sell it, I don't have to worry about taxes, because my basis is not less than my sales price. If property is sold, the tax liability is calculated based upon the difference between the sales price and the basis. If there's a big difference, there will be a big tax bill, she explains. When a person sells land that has appreciated in value, the sale is taxed at preferential capital gain rates. The highest federal rate is 20%, although sometimes an extra 3.8% is added. State taxes may be due as well. The 1031 exchange recognizes that just trading one piece of property for another of equal value doesn't change a person's economic position. There is no financial gain. Long ago, Congress recognized that it would be helpful to the market and to landowners to allow them to purchase something different and transfer their basis to the new property, she says. It's not wiping away the potential tax liability. Instead, it rolls potential capital gains tax liability onto the new property. As an example, if I have $100,000 worth of ranch land and find $100,000 worth of land closer to home, I can trade my faraway land for that land that is closer. Let's say my basis in that land, what I paid for it, is $10,000. If I sold it outright, I would have $90,000 of capital gain. If I'm in the highest tax bracket, I would have $18,000 of capital gains tax to pay on that sale, she says. And that doesn't count any state tax liability. However, if I use the 1031 exchange and a third-party intermediary, that third party can sell my land for me and reinvest the proceeds in my new property of equal value. My basis in the new property will be $10,000. This is called a carryover basis. I carry over the basis that I had in my original property to my new property. If I sell the new property, I would pay the tax then. The 1031 exchange is a helpful tool to reconfigure your operation without economic effect. Without this tool, every exchange would likely mean downsizing the operation because there would be less money to invest in similar property, Tidgren notes. The example I gave you small numbers, but with today's land values, it might be more like $10 million for the piece of property we're talking about, says Tidgren. The tax would be significant. If you ended up paying $2 million in tax after selling your $10 million parcel, you'd have a lot less money to reinvest in another parcel and probably have to downsize. Sometimes a rancher might want to retire and roll that land value into a different sort of business property. Maybe a commercial building that would provide retirement income, she says. Farmers and ranchers need to understand, however, that it now only applies to real estate and not equipment. Still, there are many ways a 1031 exchange can be used. Editors note Heather Smith Thomas is a cattlewoman and freelance writer from Salmon, Idaho. Four estate planning mistakes to avoid. Setting up the transfer of your estate is too important to let mistakes happen. Prevent those with these tips. It's common to overlook elements of an estate plan, and the consequences can mean your wishes aren't carried out. Here are frequent estate planning fails and the easy fix for each. Number one, failing to plan. You need to make a thoughtful plan for your assets after your lifetime and prepare for the possibility of incapacity. See mistake number four. It's especially important if you have a large estate, minor and or special needs children, real estate, in multiple states, or business interests. The fix. Block your calendar and get an accountability partner. Make your estate plan a priority today. Number two. Failing to coordinate beneficiary designations. Assets such as life insurance and retirement plans are not covered by your will and need to be addressed separately. The fix. Designating a beneficiary for these accounts can often be completed by simply logging into your provider's portal and naming a loved one or loved cause you'd like to receive the account. 3. Failing to review asset titles. Asset titling refers to the way in which you own an asset, such as in your individual name, jointly with someone else, or in a trust or entity. Assets titled to two people, for example, will automatically go to the surviving partner. For example, your will could say that everything goes to the children equally, but if a bank account is held in joint tenancy tenancy, with just one child, it would pass only to that child. The result is that the children receive unequal shares when the intention was to divide all assets equally. The fix. Make a list of your valuable assets and review how they are held. If you need to make a change, make an appointment with your financial institution or attorney. Four, Failing to plan for disability or medical emergency. According to the Alzheimer's Association, 6.2 million Americans 65 and older are living with Alzheimer's disease. Older generations, as well as all competent adults, need to prepare for incapacity and create durable powers of attorney and advance directives or living wills. The fix, select a trusted loved one to serve as your durable power of attorney and document it in your will. Your advance directive or living will uh, Your advance directive or living will can be done through a form that is signed and notarized. Search for a form in the state where you live or contact your attorney. Make the commitment. If you are among the majority of Americans who haven't yet started the estate planning process, a number that comes from a 2021 caring.com study says 68% fall in this category. Now is the time. Your family members and heirs will be glad you did. Editors note this article is from the University of South Carolina. Training helps calves adjust to weaning and the feedlot. Veterinarians explain the value of preconditioning calves by Jessica Jensen with K-State Research and Extension Nude Service. Anyone who is starting a new job must be trained to avoid problems. Training will help them compete and do their best work. In much the same way, beef cattle need to be prepared before heading to the feedlot to be fed. In a recent Cattle Chat podcast from the Beef Cattle Institute, Kansas State University veterinarian said a preconditioning program is a plan to help with the transition of calves as they go through weaning, and before they go to a feedlot, to spread out some of those added stresses. How we spread out those stresses usually involves some respiratory disease vaccinations, deworming, and being bunk broke, said veterinarian Bob Larson. If they're vaccinated, dewormed, are used to consuming feed, and have have had a little time of post-weaning, that's what would be considered preconditioning. Veterinarian Brad White added, By using a preconditioning program, hopefully these cattle will stay healthy, leading to a smoother transition and better performance in the feedlot, making them more profitable in the long run. A key factor in this program is enough time to get extra weight on those cattle to overcome the cost of the poor performance in the first week after weaning, said nutritionist Philip Lancaster. One thing that producers should be aware of is time, said veterinarian Brian Lubbers. You have to balance between keeping the calves long enough and adding enough weight to them to make it profitable. Lubbers suggests penciling out what feedstuffs you have, the cost of the rations, and how long you will need to keep those calves for your program to work, because preconditioning is not always profitable year to year. One of the drivers is the cost of gain, which is how much is my feed cost per how... How much is my feed cost per how much weight I can put on those calves during a certain period of time, White said. From a study by Mark Hilton, it says two-thirds of the profit comes from added weight, and one-third comes from the higher price. Larson added that by being preconditioned, calves will be more valuable to the buyers because they have less risk of disease and will tend to receive a price premium, though that will also depend on other factors. Preconditioning is valuable to the industry, White said. The more we can prevent illness and better prepare calves is better for all of us, but you should figure out what will work best on your operation. You can hear this full discussion on the Beef Cattle Institute's Cattle Chat podcast online. An editor's note Jessica Jensen is a student worker for K State Research and Extension News Service.